0: On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, the United States women's national team are World Cup champions, so a spicy Casey's Corner kick. We just have some cleanup from NBA free agency, people moving around, the landscape of the NBA changing, or is it? Major League Baseball, we are going into the break We talk All-Star Game, Home Run Derby, how our teams are doing, um, Yeah, and as well, more soccer. But first, let's uh let's talk about our sponsor, Thrive ThriveFantasy. ThriveFantasy.com. It's a new sports fantasy daily fantasy app where you use prop bets uh to for your daily fantasy team. Check it out. Get $10 free dollars by using promo code TAKETHAT. Again, that's ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code TAKETHAT. deposit $10. We'll get you, we'll match that $10. Deposit $20. We'll match that $20. Again, ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code take that. All right, let's start the show. All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. Casey, I believe this might be a corner kick bonanza. But uh, yeah. we shall see.
1: Yeah, it'll be a uh, about as happy or uh, celebratory corner kick uh, as, as we've had. Oh, that's, a, that's not fair. It's been a good run for the corner kick. I don't want <laughs> to jump the gun on, uh, on the corner kick. But uh, yeah. between uh, the season Liverpool had, the, the Champions League uh, final victory, the uh, Champions League victory for Liverpool, and now uh, the Women's World Cup, uh, it's been a, it's been a nice little run for the corner kick, so it will be, uh, I think, equally as celebratory well as the, right as the uh, Champions League was. Um, so anyway, we'll get we'll get to that. Before we do, Marlo, how was? Yes. how How are you doing? How are you doing? Let's just check in. Yeah. How
0: are you doing? Doing, <laughs> doing good. Had a good you know Fourth of July. A lot of fireworks. A lot of pool time. A lot of barbecue. Yeah. Um. So that was good. Weekend's been well. So yeah. How about yourself, my friend?
1: Yeah, we had uh, some more fireworks, hookouts, that that sort of thing. I actually had a wedding on Friday. Oh. And as-, as part of the wedding, uh, we were, um, during the invitation, they had lots of uh, questions and things that you'd be able to kind of help with. And one of the questions was would you be willing to kind of host somebody who is traveling, who doesn't, you know, maybe have the expendable income to, to get a hotel room? Would you be able to host somebody for? after the wedding and we said sure we have we have a we have a guest room we could we could host somebody and by we i mean my wife said that and i didn't realize this was a thing (coughs) until she reminded me the day of maybe she told me and i forgot either way it's not really Mm -hmm. important uh so we hosted uh uh, this kid who had just graduated from college uh and actually had just gotten back from from traveling in europe um like days before uh Mm -hmm. and he just we met him at the wedding (laughs) He stayed at our place. And then we were kind of like, So when does this end? And he never really, we, like, we never asked and he never really said. And he was just very much in the college, like, I'm going with the flow. And yep. obviously we're out of that for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that night he was like, Oh, we're, some people are talking about getting together uh, the day after the wedding. And, and, and I think I'm going to do that. Well, we woke up the next day and he's like, Yeah, that's not happening. So I'm just going to hang out with you guys. <laughs> like, hang out like what are we gonna what are we what are we gonna do uh so he hung out until about uh three and then he went and joined me in a pickup soccer game of what that i guess we invited did him you so.
0: invite him to or did he yeah, invite it, himself
1: it, it was more like saying like hey i have this going on you're welcome to come but i'm gonna be leaving uh and he's like yeah that sounds great and i was uh, okay so then after that i dropped him off at a friend's place in in uh in milwaukee but uh just the kind of casual just like i'm going with the flow type thing that marlo once upon a time we would be great at oh yeah we were awesome but
0: But now he's like it just felt like a stage five
1: clinger these days it was like i don't (laughs) don't know how to handle this uh but it was well he was he was great and uh he was really interesting kid and really great to know him but uh yeah, just not not the weekend, at least that part of the weekend that I had in mind uh, there. So that was interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was my weekend. And uh, I guess the weekend was shook. Yes. Literally and figuratively, again, in yes. the NBA world, as uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both going to uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah.
0: So Paul George finally got his way to L.A., yeah. I'll in a be at very the Clippers. roundabout way. are <laughs> on about way. his Clippers and yeah, Kawhi, I think I he informed the second runner-ups that he would be becoming a Clipper and that's how I got out there, very uh very Kauai of him. Yeah. Uh but yeah, this I mean, I mean, we were waiting for what two episodes ago at the NBA free agency. We were we were yeah. waiting for this and we thought we'd get it on free agency night and made us mm-hmm. wait and then news drops it on like 4 july weekend kind of gets lost in the shuffle but we're here to cover that uh but when it came down i think um it was one of those we all knew it yeah and then it just finally happened
1: yeah we knew it and then we forgot we knew it yep and then we knew it again right and then, we, and, then and then we knew it all along yes. so that's if you follow that that's how uh yeah so Kawhi does go home home ish uh southeast california or southwest california um, where he, he wanted to go along. It is with the Clippers who he thought it was going to be, and it seemed like the holdup was that he just didn't want to go there alone. He wanted yep. to make sure that he could get somebody else to go there, and he basically, extorted might be a strong word, but suggested to the Clippers that they do whatever they can to get another star. And the reports came out that he had ori- originally reached out to Kevin Durant, <clears throat> but at that point it seemed like Kevin Durant was already too far gone in the uh, going-to-New-York Mindset, uh, so Kawhi wanted to find another partner to go with him to L.A. He Kawhi apparently remembered reading that Paul George also wanted to go out to L.A. Touch base with him and then forced a trade. Uh, and Marlo, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, today is uh, Paul George Day in the city of Oklahoma City. Uh, oh, last, nice. Last year, uh, the mayor, Mayor David Holt, <laughs> um, had declared today because last year this time uh, Kawhi uh, Kawhi Paul George cool. signed his extension. Uh, and would stay in Oklahoma City forever. Support to Oklahoma yeah. City. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so here we celebrate uh, Paul George Day, and as he moves to the Clippers, uh, obviously I I think first what what does this mean for the Clippers? Uh, I think they're title favorites now. Uh, we kind of talked about before the chance of him going to the Lakers, and remember when we forgot he was going to the Clippers, there was worry that he was going to the Lakers. Yes. Um, And they gave up quite the haul. I guess I'll read off what all it is because I I have to read it off because I I can't fully uh, understand. Remember, first of all, and understand it. So they're sending their 2022, 2024, and 2027, 26 picks, their unprotected 2021, and a protected 2023 from Miami. Sure. So it sounds like, and then some, some, uh, rights to swap picks, so I think it's five first-round picks plus the right to swap picks twice. So, in its essence,
0: yeah. So yeah, good luck picks. following that in the next five drafts.
1: Yeah. yeah, especially since they'll go on the stage and they'll be wearing the wrong hat, and you won't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. that whole thing. Uh, and then uh, the clip—they're also sending uh, uh, Shai Gilgeous-Alexander and Danilo Gallinari uh, to uh, to OKC. So that's what. Uh, the Clippers gave up and it's really to get Paul George. And that's what, I mean, Oklahoma city got that for Paul George, but it was really to get Paul George and Kawhi. Uh, I think Kawhi still might've signed there, even if they were unable to get anybody. Uh, but this essentially secured that, Hey, we got Kawhi, we got Paul George. Yeah. Uh, for So
0: when it came down for you, what was the bigger news that Kawhi had signed with the Clippers or that Paul George was going to the Clippers as well?
1: The, Bigger, uh, the bigger news is I guess I'll I'll answer your question but also answer a question that you didn't ask. Okay. The bigger news is Kawhi went there. He's I the I don't player. even know why I'm he, here. He just carried uh I think a team that sh- oh, whatever we have to we have we have our history with how good we thought Toronto was. <laughs> well established. He carried that team to a championship. Yep. He's the bigger story. I am much more surprised that Paul George was able to get there with him. Yes. Um, I didn't hear any, like this is very surprising, I didn't see any reports, I didn't see anybody saying that Paul George was available, asking for a trade, anything like that, um, and as we sat here last week and we were looking like, well, it, if is going to uh, the Clippers, who else is going with them? like there's not any more kind of that max level talent out there as, yep. you know, the um, Kemba Walkers and things of the league got snatched up by other teams. So you're kind of sitting there and the dust settled, and it's like, it's just Kawhi and a bunch of other guys. Uh, how was this going to work for the Clippers? So I was surprised that it was Paul George. And I think uh, Paul George is, what we were kind of talking earlier, top 10, probably top 10 player, right? Uh, especially when you kind of consider the two-way player uh, that he is Uh, so now the Clippers have two of the top 10 players they have a pretty solid nucleus around that or supporting cast around that uh, with like I think they have three of the best four six men in the league on their team somehow Uh, they've been able to do that I don't really get how that is possible but they have that in uh, Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. Uh, so it's a very good team. I think they're odds on favorites to win now, followed closely by the Lakers, and then I think you got my my Bucks and the 76ers. So it's obviously great for the Clippers in the short term. The one concern that I think is out there, Marlow, is the health of these two guys. Uh, we've seen uh, Kawhi, obviously, with his leg situation in uh, San Antonio. He was on load management all last year and seemed like his leg... If it was, was bothering him, we don't know if it was the same thing or a different thing, but will that crop up again? Paul George has had some pretty bad injuries and last year had um, some shoulder problems and ended up having to have surgery for that. So these are some guys who have had kind of some wear and tear on them, and the Clippers have kind of bet everything on these two guys, which is a good bet. I don't blame them. It's a very good with. bet. But when you're thinking about what could go wrong – uh the health of these two guys is kind of up on the top of the list of of what could go wrong uh for the clippers yeah clippers uh shot up to
0: favorites in the favorites in <laughs> favorites in the west yeah. uh maybe favorites in the nba I think it is good. uh how would you say you know i guess is it exciting intriguing that these the two la teams will be relevant at the same time um that we could talk a little bit more about later as well as just kind of the, the super, the super, I mean, I don't know you would, I hate calling it super teams, but these, these superstars kind of, you know, teaming up, having the power to really like, really pull the strings and make their own teams. It's been kind of a fascinating, I don't know. It's not the couple of years, but I mean, this free agency is, especially it seems like this has been, this has been the story. Um, so with the with this kind of last dominoes falling with Kawhi and, and PG thirteen, I think it again makes it very intriguing uh, for the West again.
1: Yeah, I think it, it makes it intriguing for the NBA, and I think we're moving. I I don't know if this is like a, a shift, but we we don't have the super teams anymore per se, yeah. but we have like the duos, we have the pairings, yes. right? Yeah. So you have. LeBron, and if Kawhi had gone to the Lakers, that would have been like a super team, the way we think of like the Heat and what the Warriors were when they had Kevin Durant. Those are the super teams, and it seems like we're at a point where that's either very hard to do, if not impossible to do, to get those three kind of max guys to fit within a team. So that kind of leaves us with, I think, maybe what the NBA wanted or was trying to get at, and maybe it's giving too much credit to the NBA to say that the way that it worked out is what they were aiming for, but you have lots of teams that have these kind of 1A and 1B players uh, leading, what, seven, eight teams now in the NBA who all think they legitimately have a shot at an NBA title. Uh, Whereas when you had the, let's call it the super team era, starting when LeBron went to uh, Miami, and then followed up by the the Warriors, it was really those two teams. It was whoever had LeBron and the super team and maybe one or two other teams within that. But a lot of the league didn't think they had a chance. Now, with the quote-unquote pairings, as I'm going to call it, for lack of a better... uh, Super pairings. Lack of better planning before this podcast.
0: (laughs) Marvel pairings.
1: Yeah, with these Marvel pairings, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Sponsorship opportunity, uh, Disney, if you're (laughs) listening. Um, Which, of course, they are. I mean...
0: (laughs) Obviously. Why would they not be? (laughs) Uh,
1: They have this opportunity, this almost uh, a much more... uh, a lot of parity in the league that a lot of teams have a chance to win. I think is very exciting. Uh, you don't know uh, who's even favored in the West or who will come out of the West, and you know s- similarly in in the East, and then who would be favored overall. It's, I think it's a very exciting time in the NBA where you have lots of these teams and lots of teams. I'm interested in seeing how things fit. You know, I'm interested in yeah. how the, what the Lakers do, how uh, the Clippers uh, are able to kind of fit these two stars into their team you know what Denver can do what Utah can do with the additions that they've had uh and the growth that they have If Portland can still be competitive and then you go in the east with the, with the 76ers with their you know huge lineup that they have now uh the Bucks kind of you know running it back with most of what they had uh and then a revamped Boston team I mean this is these are a lot of I can't wait to see what this looks like um, with the with these pairings. So I'm pretty excited for it. And I think it's really great for the NBA that it's kind of a little bit more spread out and split up like this.
0: Yeah. And then also some try-hard team is going to come out of nowhere um, to pull up to like a four seed or, or three <laughs> seed. <laughs> 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 and we're just going to be like, oh, so you don't you don't need these Marvel pairings. You can just have this try-hard team and they just won't do anything. But a conversation, mark my word, will be had. Yeah. Uh, sometime in this NBA future.
1: We'll have lots of conversations. Lots uh, of hours. All right. So I guess, so we talked about it. I just want to touch base on what it means for Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, they, so last year they re-signed Paul George and, um,
0: and made Paul George day.
1: Yep. And, and crowned a holiday, uh, Paul George day. Uh, and, I think they re-signed Adams or extended Adams or something like that, and they kind of went all in on their nucleus as it was with those three, George, Westbrook, and Adams. And we saw this year that that probably won't work out. Now, granted, Paul George uh, was carrying a couple knocks, a couple injuries, um, into the playoffs, but it seemed like there was a ceiling for that nucleus, and they decided – I think they were kind of godfathered offered (laughs) into (laughs) breaking this up with all the picks – that uh, the Clippers sent over, I think they had no choice to, but to say yes. Let's blow it up. Um, and now it looks like they're in complete teardown mode. And there's, uh, and rumors are swirling that they're going to trade Russell Westbrook. Um, so, is that is that is that? I guess in your GM mode, Marlo, is mm-hmm. that the right move for them now? They they already got rid of George. They're obviously. I don't think they're just a piece away from being competitive. Should they just tear it down, start over? Uh, and what might that look like? Yeah, they just have
0: to. They have to. I mean, do you know what? I'm not sure what uh, Restbrook's contract situation is huge. I
1: mean, it's 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 like super max level. Multiple, multiple is he still
0: multiple years?
1: Yeah, he's got I think he just the first year was last year or something. Oh, yeah, it's it's multiple years.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you have, yeah, the multiple years on that on on Russell Restbrook. I think it's well documented. Great players, not gonna be able to do it by himself. Mm -hmm. Um. And on top of that, if you picked up these draft picks for the next few years. Um, I think it's also no secret that it's hard to develop young players under Russell Westbrook. Yep. So uh, kind of with all of that in mind, it's just, yeah, it's kind of time to see what you uh, kind of offload that contract, see what else you can get back for in, in the terms of, you know, not super players but quality players and some draft picks on top of that um, and go to rebuild mode. What sucks for that is just Oklahoma City. Yeah. as a as a city as a basketball city who has kind of seen superstars come in and out and that yep. they have not re- they haven't won anything been to a finals um and weren't able to get over the hump there and this would be the, kind of the last one of them to to cycle through with with no results but uh, at the same time you know if you keep them around you're just paying a lot of money for what you're, you're probably maybe get that eight seed um again and just kind of struggle and be in the worst place in basketball
1: yeah, I'm a little torn on this because I, I greatly dislike the teams who don't try to compete, and I, yeah. I enjoy the teams who, even though they don't have a shot at winning it, uh, try to compete. I mean, I think uh, as I kind of made fun of the Pacers a little bit, the Pacers are right there. They just they try to compete, and they kind of yeah. have a who knows maybe luck will strike and and, and we'll get there uh, added to them. So I really appreciate that, and I think there's value in having i talk about this all the time there's value in having a competitive team even if you're not going to win the championship but with what they've kind of the situation they found themselves in with such great assets and uh russell russell westbrook who as you mentioned uh, might not be the best uh person to kind of lead younger players in how to win uh i think if you can get off that contract and move on i think that's definitely something that would be in their and in their interest to do. Uh and that it like it sucks for the Oklahoma City fans. Uh but maybe this results in a a better team going forward. I don't know. We'll see. Obviously it's great to have draft picks eventually they have to turn into players. And you know it's great to have draft picks, but eventually uh, it has to come to something and as we kind of see at the end of Boston's kind of run of we have all these draft picks and assets, now they're left with a pretty good team but not great team. Yeah, And, you know, is that what I, I don't I think if you were honest with Boston's front office, they thought they would have a much better team than what they're left with after everything that they went through. So you got to end up turning that into into something. And that's for uh, Sam Pressy and the Oklahoma City front office to to figure out. Um, speaking of things to figure out, Mark. hmm. Uh, I just want to take a moment to talk about the Lakers, who I think the fear of God was in w- in us, and reports were that the fear of God was in the Clippers, too, and the, uh, that the Lakers would get Kawhi, and that was part of the reason they were willing to offer so much. Uh, but the Lakers seemed like they had a plan B in place uh, after not getting Kawhi, because hours after Kawhi signed with the Clippers, or reports came out that he was going to sign with the Clippers, uh, they made a couple transactions, brought in uh, Danny Green on a two-year, $30 million contract, which seems like a lot of money for Danny Green. Uh, they brought in Jared Dudley on league minimum, Boogie Cousins, on a, and Rajon Rondo on small salaries. Uh, so fill out the roster, but, I mean, these are just kind of scraps off the scrap heap at this point. I mean, Boogie Cousins, I hope he gets back to healthy and can be an impact player, but yeah. I think the game... Used to
0: playing with Anthony Davis.
1: Yeah, but I think the game might have passed Boogie Cousins by in the, in the sense of... Needing to be able to defend lots of positions. I don't think he can do that. Ray yep. John Rondo, I think, had like the five, like it was in the bottom five and plus minus in the whole <laughs> league last year or something yeah. like that. Uh, so, Lakers have to fill out the roster. They have to get some players. And this is what they're left with by waiting so long for Kawhi as the other kind of role players that you would think they would have wanted to pick up were signed by other teams.
0: Yeah, Lakers with the, well. First of all, they had the, they're rolling with the all Kentucky team. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Ray John Rondo, Boogie Cousins, and Anthony Davis. Uh, way to go, Cal! I guess Rondo wasn't under Cal, but Boogie and Anthony was. Anyways, um, again, kind of going back to yeah, the Lakers have the you know dish out Plan B. So happy Plan A didn't work out because yep. that was didn't just uh, just couldn't literally wouldn't be able to stomach it. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, I mean, Danny Green's pretty, he's a pretty solid player. That's a pretty solid pickup. The Jared Douglas, Roger Wando, Ray John Wando, um, yeah, there's kind of pickups. And yeah, I guess Boogie Cuthers, a one-year deal, take a flyer, right? Um, yeah. take a flyer on that. So, they might have kind of you know, added some pieces. I think, I mean, how bad is this for... I mean, I don't. I kind of wonder what's going in LeBron's head because uh, with <laughs> if he's going to be the most, well, he'll still be popular. But it has to go to his head that there's a, a, a on paper a better team in in his own building um, okay. that will probably be that will probably get a lot of pub. Uh, LeBron still doesn't have a hold of L. A. because Kobe still does, so that's funny too. <laughs> um, and so again, just having these these kind of chess moves in the same city. Uh, you know, is intriguing. I'm. I'm just glad Kawhi is on the is the other side of that. So this will be a some uh, a competitive a competitive landscape as as far as can the can the Clippers overcome the Lakers as a team of L. A. Again. I love it when that when that comes around that yeah. narrative.
1: Yeah, I guess while it's fun to make fun of the Lakers, though we should still point out they have LeBron and AD. They'll be okay. <laughs> they do have LeBron and AD. They'll they'll be a. a A factor when um, it comes to playoff time, and um, as long as those two guys can stay healthy, they I think they're second favorites. I think we mentioned earlier to to win the title, so they're they're doing okay. Uh, But yeah, it's it's interesting that we're at a point where uh, the Clippers and the Nets landed the big deals, and not the Lakers and the Knicks. Yeah, both kind of you know uh, brother team or smaller little brother teams, right? Is that the way to think of it? Um, Yeah, little brother teams. Uh, have uh, USA just great start two really great schools great opportunities for the USA it's in the gold cup final right now Uh, seven minutes in had two really great opportunities sorry I got distracted but right, back to the podcast Um, (laughs) it's funny that they have the opportunity to kind of eclipse their big brother uh, franchise franchises in those cities Um, but I think LeBron still is going to have kind of the star power and, and that sort of thing. Now if something goes wrong and they miss the playoffs again, then we have some real conversations we need to start having about that. But I think at this point he's still the Lakers and him are still the, the, the bigger star in in LA. So um but that's something to keep an eye on um there. Summer League Marlowe. We talked about it last week how uh we've been enjoying watching it as a, a kind of uh uh NTA all-star type thing, and then I uh, promptly stopped watching it, got a little busy with uh, with some things, but um, <laughs> there was the big matchup, the marquee matchup, uh, I guess, that, that at least ESPN was billing at, Zion versus RJ, uh, which saw Zion yep. play half of the game, and then uh, an earthquake happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the game was called, although I thought it was funny, the earthquake happened closer to LA, the game was happening in Vegas. And they yes. canceled the basketball game, uh, but the Dodgers kept playing baseball.
0: Yes, the Dodgers yeah. kept it. Because the Dodgers are used to that. They, they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, we, this is what we do. We yeah, play very, in the play in the middle of earthquakes.
1: Very baseball thing. But I think yeah. the, the headlines coming out of uh, Summer League are sh- people shutting it down. Zion has uh, a knee bruise, knee bone knee, bruise in his knee?
0: knee. Knee burrs. Is that what it is? It is? Yeah, knee bone Some,
1: bruise, something like that. Something uh, like so, that. So he shut it down for Summer League. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., your boy Marlowe uh he <laughs> continues to refuse to play basketball he's refused <laughs> uh it's i i'm starting to get to the point where it might be possible michael porter jr never plays basketball
0: yeah the probably the best if that happens is that like the i i mean uh is that like the, is that the best job to get like a number one number one draft pick and never have to play
1: i mean he <laughs> to never have to play no, three I mean, just three years play, guaranteed he didn't even play in college yeah he didn't, i know he played, he played like a game in college. Yeah, maybe he played early in the season. I don't know. He was on Missouri. He played a couple. I
0: think he played like two. He he played no more in five games.
1: He played one game in the tournament. Yeah. After being out, uh, it was terrible and still was drafted in the first round and now might might never play. Uh, or I shouldn't say he might never play. That's not his prognosis of his injury. Yeah. But I'm starting to worry that he might never play. Yeah. Which is which is weird.
0: Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Um. Yeah, but summer league basketball—it's—it's it's, it's hot. It's still there. It's still there. Uh, is that on ESPN Plus?
1: Uh, it is. It's on. It's on the real ESPN. I think. Oh, it's on called. the real so ESPN. They're feeling some some gaps there.
0: Go, um, gotcha.
1: There you go. Uh, that's it for uh, NBA. I think Marlo. Anything? Anything else that we missed from from the NBA?
0: No, I think that was I think that was a big chunk for the week. All right. Phew, NBA talk. Yeah. Oh wait a minute! Yeah. I this isn't I, did you, we totally missed this the whole Adam Silver talking about where we're considering uh, shrinking down the number of games and doing weird mid mid season tournaments. Yeah. Did you read about that?
1: Uh, I've heard. I mean, people talk about ideas of this, but I yeah. never heard like it's I didn't know it's Adam all, Silver
0: was. it's all crazy. It's it's all. I don't know. It's all crazy. It all seems like some like it's, it seems like Adam Silver was either listening to or sitting around a room with his bunch of, with a bunch of friends, being like, "Wouldn't it be cool if da 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 da?" And then he just decided, "Oh, we're going to consider it. We're just not going to have as many games and have mid season tournaments." What is what does that mean? Um, Sounds like high school. One. It sounds weird. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds weird have these. And, you know, the next thing you know, we're going to have three on three tournament season tournaments because uh, that's that's hot and new. Uh, So that'd be cool. And that will, de- so we'll have a th- you have the midseason 3 three-on-three tournament, and that will determine, um, that will determine your draft status, right? And then they'll have is another tournament. Term- is idea No, like, I'm just, this is on the fly. These are all my ideas. Oh, exactly. And then another tournament before the playoffs will give you the playoff they, seedings before we go into the playoffs that actually you're playing for a championship for.
1: They buy, they, <laughs> 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 they buy out. Ice Cube's Big Three, yeah, so they can have it. <laughs> have an affiliated teams play for yeah, hundred Um You know, so I, I this is one of Bill Simmons' biggest things is shortening the season, and he wants to throw in some crazy tournament. So maybe Adam Silver was just listening to the Bill. Simmons. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but he, I think he has a, a it's a seventy game or seventy something game schedule. Because uh, we got to 82 like for no real reason. Like 82 doesn't really... There's no reason we play... The, the NBA is 82 games. Yeah. But he, I think it's 70 or 72 games where you play every team twice and then you play teams within your division three times. Right. And that adds up to... Seven, and that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Front, like that's why we got to this number. Whereas eighty-two, we're at eighty-two because we just have eighty-two games and we don't want to have less because that means less money. Uh, so I think that that makes sense to have less uh, games if you have it have a have a reason for a little bit more fair uh, scheduling. I, I think would would make sense. I don't know about some crazy uh, tournament, um, but if you think like the All Star break isn't really. Doing it for you anymore, and you want to do something else to kind of fill in the gap, either revenue wi- revenue wise or uh, attention wise. Maybe you put in some sort of tournament, but it would be really weird having that in the middle of the season. Yeah, uh, who would care? It, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably we would it, watch, obviously. <laughs> but like, but like, uh, it would be weird because you you have you know the regular season stakes, and then you ramp it up for the playoffs. But like yeah. what would you would you ramp it up for this would it just be people I guess it would depend on the stakes would it just be backups playing. Oh, for
0: sure. There'd be a lot of load management playing? going on during this tournament.
1: And then that's just that wouldn't be fun to watch if you're like, "Oh, you know, the Bucks are going to play, well, Giannis and Middleton and neither Lopez brothers are playing." It's like, "Well, what what am I what am I watching here? <laughs> like, why is this mattering to anything?" Uh, and I think there's a very real possibility that if you're a playoff team or what have you like you don't give a rip about uh mid-season things that aren't titles yeah so why would you kind of uh tax your guys or you know put a lot of effort into winning it uh it doesn't really make make sense to me Uh, and if you're doing it for draft picks right Mm -hmm. then what is the second half of the season for teams who aren't going to make the playoffs what does that look like for them are they tanking still do they even care <laughs> now, we're ta- now, to, we're
0: tanking, now we're now we're taking now taking why would
1: you go to that game if you're on who's gonna be bad Charlotte Charlotte's probably not gonna be wrong. yeah and you already know your team's gonna have the second pick what why, why might why am I going to a game in in March uh, yeah. I don't know a lot of questions a lot of, a lot questions. of questions in that um, not obviously not for you to answer, Marlo, but uh, questions I have for Adam Silver, who apparently listens to podcasts. If you listen to Bill Simmons podcast, send the our podcast, Adam Silver, answer these questions, send me an email, tweet at me, at yeah.
0: Fan. yeah, all right. Um, so yeah, we missed that. And other thing, Frank Kaminsky is on the Suns, so yeah, there's your update,
1: Frank. Hey, good for him. <laughs> good for him. Um, hopefully the Suns will be better than they've been in the past. Yeah, was it? Two year ten two year ten million dollar for him?
0: Yeah, two year ten million.
1: Yeah. Well when he when he got released or his option was picked up or whatever it was yeah. from Charlotte, I saw a tweet that was like a lot of interest in the Frank Kaminsky market. I was like, All right. <laughs> All right, Frank. And it was like two years, ten million. I was like, All right. <laughs> like, I mean that's a market. That's to be fair, that's more than I get paid. Right, right, right. More than we are on just the just bare, barely,
0: barely so a little I'm, more.
1: I'm happy for him, but like it just like when they were like, "There's a market for him." I was kind of like, "All right, here we go, like payday." And not that this isn't a payday again, but like in the world of the NBA, uh, it's a, a relatively small contract. So but good for him, good for him. And I think uh, it'll be interesting to see his role on the Suns and on a younger team. I think he can be. It's weird to think of him as like kind of a veteran, but on that team, he'll be kind of a veteran on that team because we're old, Marlowe. Yes, okay. we are. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. All right, for real, that's that's wow. NBA. All right. Now we're done with it. Now NBA.
0: we're done Swear with it.
1: The... Swear to God. Um, on to MLB, Marlo. I guess we'll start with my uh, my Brewers limping to uh, the All-Star break, both literally and figuratively. Uh, at the break, they forty 47-44. They were 4-6 in the last 10. It feels worse than that, uh, but that's what it is. Just finished losing two of three against the Pirates. Uh, really, the bullpen just kind of blew up in this series. Even in the game they won, uh, they had a six-one lead, gave up five runs in the uh, in the ninth to uh, blow a save and force it to go to to extra time, extra innings. Excuse me, too much soccer calling call it extra time. <clears throat> um, so that's the, is that the figurative? That's the. That's the figurative way that they're limping in record-wise. Yeah, it's figurative. Uh, yeah, so now well, let's move to a literal. Jelic withdrew from the home run derby with some back soreness slash tightness. Uh, so that's concerning. Uh, more concerning, Arcia uh, was in a really ugly collision with uh, Kessin Hira and uh, got, had to get carted off the field uh, from yesterday's game and uh, it looked looked really bad. Um, I haven't seen a a prognosis on when he might return, if he returns this season, uh, but safe to say he'll be out for a while. So in light of that, the Brewers have uh, called up uh, Marcia Dupont, and apparently the future is now, at least in the middle infield, with Hura and Dupont uh, there, and um, I don't... It's exciting because, you know, these are the prospects we, we've heard about for years, Marlo. Mm-hmm. But uh, f- bringing them up on a team that I guess we're expecting, right, to kind of compete to win the division, compete in the playoffs. That's where we were last year, and we ad- made moves to add to that. Uh, how this young of a it- middle infield fits into that, how much of the future is now helps that, remains to be seen. Makes me very nervous. Um but excited and optimistic at the same time uh so we'll see that's obviously something to follow here in the second half of uh of the season um but that means it's all-star break Marlow yeah which is two relatively entertaining days followed by like the most boring sports day on the calendar yeah <laughs> the and the SB's. Woo! SBs are those coming up or is that yeah there's always the day after
0: boy? the sport after the uh, all-star game
1: oh is it yeah
0: Cause there's nothing. That's going how on. much I love the SBC. Yeah, they're that. so awesome. they was so great. great. Oh man.
1: Yeah. I'm still not over the NBA. Uh, NBA awards. I get. I get another <laughs> terrible show. Uh, that I, I, I won't care about. Um. So we got the hope. But first, we got the home run derby tomorrow, Marlo. Um. And without Yelich, I don't know who to cheer for. Uh. But uh, I'll come up with somebody, and I'll ask you first, who you got in the all home run. I almost said all star Derby. home run derby. Oh, the home run derby. I'll take Vlad. I'll take
0: Vlad Jr. Great story. Um, I remember, I remember his papa being up there, which again, because yeah. I'm old, I know these things, but yeah, I'll go with, I'll go with Vlad. I, I watched some of his, uh, warm ups, some of his warm up video on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Looks like he's good nice. to go.
1: Home run derby warm up video. That's like, mm. it seems like, uh, before the draft when they have tape on like like E.G. Young or whatever the guy's name was the, the book draft where he's like posting up a chair yes.
0: <laughs> yeah any of the European players it's just like the only thing they have is like them crossing up chairs or doing stationary dribbling yeah, um, yeah same thing gotta, but I'll take, a... I'll take Vlad I'll take Vlad Jr. Right.
1: well uh, I decided who he's going to pick before I look at the odds here but I, I, I'm apparently picking the favorite with at, at Josh Bell from the Pirates uh, who's been RBI machine Uh, If he didn't have any RBIs today, he uh, has 80 on the season, which is an insane amount to have at at the All-Star break. Let's just say he has more than 80 to cover my bases there. (laughs) Uh, And I'll take him. Uh, I like uh, Guerrero Jr.'s uh, chances much Better now that he's not facing Yelich in the first round, he'll be chasing Matt Chapman, who's filling in for Yelich, uh, and I like his chances a lot better now. Uh, but I'll still stick with Josh Bell uh, because he is a NL Central guy and uh, has had a heck of a, of a first half of the year. Uh, so Josh Bell seven to two, Vlad Guerrero at nine to two. So I guess we have the two favorites. Uh, there's also Jack Peterson and Pete Alonso five to one, Carlos Santana seven to one. Chapman and Bergman eight to one, and uh, Acuna at ten to one. So those are your competitors in the home run derby. Um, so I don't know. I I think it'd be fun if Pete Alonso wins. He's a rookie uh, for the Mets. It'd be fun if he went on to win after having twenty. I think it was twenty four uh, home runs in the first half of the season. He has a, already has a Mets record for home runs for a rookie, so that's pretty cool Dang. That's story. Um, all right, so All Star. That means Tuesday. Marlon is the All Star game. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to uh, that stand out in the All Star Game?
0: Uh beautiful shots of Cleveland. Um, yeah. always, always good to look forward to. I when, think. When
1: do when do the uh, the gnats <laughs> or what the, the the insects? When do the, does that? That's just in the, like the playoffs where those things come out. They're not the the gnats, but you know what I mean. The, yeah, the, all the, the, the mosquitoes. That's, that's a playoff. That's a playoff thing, right? Um.
0: Maybe, like yeah. Year, I don't know. Good question. Yeah. So now I'm excited yeah. to see if there's gnats or mosquitoes problems. Yeah. Um, there's some sort of insect problem. Yeah. Is. Some sort of insect problem during the All Star game. <laughs> That'd be a travesty. <laughs> um, other
1: than that, other than the beautiful city of Cle- Cleveland, um, yeah. Advertisements for. Yeah. Travel Cleveland.
0: Travel Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> get it done. They're just—they're going. It's because they're going all in on this All Star game. Try to get everybody there. Uh, yeah, no, besides that, again, I think just want a good game. Uh, hopefully mm-hmm. it's entertaining. Uh, yeah, that's really all I can ask for. And then when it's over, that means baseball season's on its wind-down, football season's on its wind-up, and we're just a Here couple weeks know. away from the first, first episode <laughs> of Hard Knocks.
1: <laughs> Go, <day> is hard <laughs> uh, who is Hard Knocks this year? Raiders. Say? Raiders. Oh, yeah, that's right, Raiders. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Um, it had to be the Raiders. It had to be. Who's is there a white sock white sox representative? Uh, um, in the All Star Game.
0: Yes, probably they
1: still do. They still do the one player on every team, right?
0: Um.
1: Yeah, and looking uh, up together. This is just good podcasting here. Right? Yeah, this is
0: great. I'm trying to go to my stats department. We um, so
1: got James McCann and Jose Abreu. There you, you go. I knew, was, I knew
0: Jose Abreu was in there, but and Lucas Giolito, sure, the pitcher, sure, he's there. Oh. He's there. All right. So we got it going. Right. Yeah. Well, no, go. the White Sox. Really White Sox. Wow. wow. It's because they're cooking. They're cooking going into into they're the cooking. break. We're only yeah, two yeah. games below 500. There you go. Yeah. So beat the Cubs today. So take that Cubs. Nice.
1: Take that Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, as frustrated as it was that the Brewers lost, the uh, uh, Cubs and Cardinals had both lost today. So that's it's okay. Yeah. Um. All right. I uh, looking forward to All Star game. I'm excited to be in the lead up to the All Star game. I'm no. going to be filled with the my childhood joy of the all-star game yes and how much i loved it yes and then i'll start watching it and that will slowly drain and you'll be disappointed me. <laughs> as it goes i'll just be disappointed because uh like most nostal- nostalgic things it's not as good as i remember it and it won't be uh again this year uh so i have that to look forward to i'm going to look forward to the uh joy draining from my body as i watch the game good uh so that's great. That's, I live in a, a, good, live a really a good exciting life, Martel. <laughs> wow, uh, I'm very. I think I'm generally a happy person, but this makes me sound like I'm depressed. Um, other than that, there are four Brewers in the game, so Brewers fans, you have reasons to tune in. Grandal behind the plate. Uh, I think Yelich is still going to play. He's, he's going to oh, play. Just no.
0: no home run derby.
1: Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it doesn't seem I smart. Heard, I, I haven't heard that he's out from um, From the All Star game, so I think he's still going to play. Yeah, uh, in that, and then Moustakis uh, is a reserve second baseman, and then Hater uh, again, adding uh, the uh, literal portion of limping. Hater's out with some soreness as well, uh, but he was replaced with uh, Brandon Woodruff, so he'll be uh, toeing the rubber hopefully at some point, um, representing the Brewers in yeah. the All Star. All star game, so I'll be looking
0: at looking at that. Uh, I think I found one more thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Who forgot to delete their tweets, and who's that going to be the victim of this year? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always big. Always big. Um,
1: yeah. Always big. Uh, all right. Was that that was last year? Okay. I don't want to talk about. It. All right. Uh, <laughs> last thing, baseball, Marlo. I got a fashion check for you here. I saw right. This. I thought I need Marlo to weigh in uh, weigh in on this. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Who uh, are in a pesky last place in the Central? But they're only like four games back from the top. Uh, Brewers are half a game back, I think, going into the into the All Star break. So I, I should have mentioned that. Um, but they were uh, the Reds were sleeveless. Yeah. In their game against the Indians, um, literally had jerseys where with, with, without sleeves, sleeves cut off. Um, and I needed to know, Marlo, what the heck do you think of this? Um, I like it.
0: I uh, <laughs> so apparently they're. They had jerseys, but these throwbacks, usually back then they wore the red shirts underneath. But uh, being 2019 and not on steroids, uh, a, lot of the team, a lot of the players decided to just just wear the sleeve of a shirt part. And I like it, man. I mean, if you, you know, sun's out, guns out. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I don't want to be the old man here, Marlon. <laughs> so, first of all, I think this kind of puts into context because a lot of times like you look at like MLB players and you're like and you don't think they're in as good a shape as you know other athletes yeah and well you know that may be the case with say a Pablo Sandoval or something like that yep for the most part these dudes are jacked yes they are (laughs) they're working hard uh to to be uh to be able to perform so I think this kind of puts a little a little light to that which otherwise is covered up by sleeves. Yep. Because uh, there's a lot of guns out, as you <laughs> as you mentioned. Yeah. But um, I think I think it looks a little cheap.
0: Oh, no, I could I could see that. Uh, um, I could, I think I, I get think that take.
1: It looks like they might be some sort of going to a bachelorette party of some sort <laughs> down the road. Um, <laughs> I did, it concerns me a little bit. Yeah.
0: Little like bit. this was the this was the this yeah this was like the softball game in the middle of the day before they head out. Uh, for the <laughs> yeah. rest of the bachelor party, and they're going to be yeah. wearing these shirts still. I can see that. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. I, I was surprised that Major League Baseball actually let this go through. Um, yeah, I I feel like, and if it when did this game happen today? Sure. Uh, I I just wouldn't be surprised if they're like, yeah, next time you have to wear, sleeve, have to by wear sleeves. By the way, yeah, yeah, but that's Damn. just
1: me. All right. So, Marlon thinks it's cool. Yeah, I'm an old man. I don't like it. I, li- I-, I enjoy I- your take.
0: Your take, is, your take is your, your take is spot on. Yeah, I can it's, see that.
1: It's, it just it looks a little, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a little. I don't know. <laughs> Let's just say I couldn't pull. I couldn't pull off sleeveless of shirt
0: smart. Right. Yeah, you could do it. I'll get you one.
1: Get me a sleeveless <laughs> Cincinnati. <Ranch. laughs> yeah. That would that would not get a lot of uh, not get a lot of daylight. <laughs> not see a lot of daylight. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I had, I've, I actually have. Oh, I don't anymore. I had a reds hat for a while. Yeah, when I, was, when I was growing up, when uh, when Griffey Junior went there. Oh yeah, and you did you, I, you wear was, it backwards? I, I, uh, pfft, I don't know. <laughs> Some occasionally, yeah. but not uh, not all the time. I primarily wore it frontwards, I'd say. But um, being a big Griffey Junior fan, as I, I'm sure most, I wasn't a kid then. It had to be like seventh, eighth grade. But like well, still. You followed the player Right, right. And it, yep. I was really excited There was a, the big story About him kind of Going going to the Reds And uh, obviously That never materialized Into anything As injuries kind of Caught up to him But I was I, I did have a Reds hat For a while Nice um, I, I don't right. And I had a Griffey Jr. Reds poster that Ooh put up, in the basement, put up in the basement But Still up Hmm um, I don't know. I've been in the basement at home in a while. Let's just say, I think if, I think there might be like a hazard, like it's blocked off, like biohazard. Please don't go down to the basement. Who knows the last time anybody's actually been down there uh, at the home? So, yeah. All right. Too much, too much information there. All right. All right. Uh,
0: Anything else for baseball?
1: No, no. I think we're. I think we're. We the, covered all the important things. All the important in things in baseball. All right.
0: All right. So now for the electrifying. Segment everyone's America, America's favorite segment. Yeah, Casey's corner
1: kick. All right. Uh, well, as we mentioned, it's a celebratory corner kick today. Uh, hopefully, it will be more celebratory. I guess not by the time this podcast is done, but by the time I'm <laughs> done watching soccer tonight, as the U.S. is still tied with Mexico. The U.S. has had three great opportunities to uh, score. Oh, uh, hasn't just hasn't had another really one pulled through. Uh, but we don't need to talk about that. Uh, well, we will a little, maybe a little bit if something happens. But the United States is World Cup champions. That's right, the uh, United States women's national team uh, has defended their uh, World Cup title. Uh, they have won it now for the fourth time, which is a, a record, um, and they are the second team ever to defend uh, their their World Cup title. Um, and I guess I was going to start with the the tea sipping thing. Let's go back. Yeah, let's go I back. And I, we have I'll to just talk start about with this. start with the game today. Um, And, uh, Netherlands, uh, the face, the face Netherlands in the finals, uh, the game ended up being a two zero game. And, uh, did you, I guess, did you watch this, Marlo? Yes, I did. I did. Did you, uh, did you ever feel the game was in doubt?
0: So the only thing I felt the game in doubt in the first half was because we were attacking, is that the right word? Attacking, Mm -hmm. attacking a goal, great shots on, but their goalie would seem to be on fire. Um, Mm -hmm. had, had a few, had a few amazing, pretty awesome saves. Um so one with her torso. Yeah.
1: She, like just moved over enough to get a, a torso on the ball.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it that was worrisome since, you know, it, one good goalie could kind of put you in uh in a game in the game of soccer. I mean not as much as hockey, but I guess, you know, you've been there. You got a good goalie. Yeah. That can go a long way. Um and since, you know, you went into the half we went into halftime, nil nil, I was like, All right, yeah. well yeah. if they keep they said they keep peppering and it, it kind of it softened up in the second half. It seemed like, and they got the um, to get more in goal. But that, at first half, I was worried. I was like, the goalie is on fire, and that that could be what yeah. kept them from from winning the World Cup.
1: Okay, yeah, I see that. And I, I, I was similar to you. Uh, we had we had lots of chances, and the the first time I had doubt was there was a play. It was after the 40th minute, so like 42nd minute or so. Rose Lavelle had the ball at the top of Netherlands' box. She got. Fouled from behind and they didn't call it. Oh, yeah. The referee yeah. Had missed a lot of calls. Yeah. Um, and then Netherlands countered because the United States was just standing around going, okay, that was a foul. <laughs> and there was no call. Netherlands countered and they ended up winning a free kick just outside of the United States box. And they were lining up for the free kick. And for a second, I kind of went through. We've been the better team this whole game. We've been creating the chances. We haven't scored. Now, if all of a sudden they get a goal on this set piece, and Netherlands had scored most of their goals, I think something like uh, 9 out of 11 of their goals were on set pieces, Um, all of a sudden we're down 1-0 going into half, then does this doubt start to creep in. And that was kind of on my mind. And then they obviously didn't score on that free kick. And that doubt still kind of lingered until the U.S. scored, but I, once that kind of free kick went by, the Netherlands really didn't have a, a, another real threatening chance before the United States scored, and then once the United States scored, I thought there was no way we were, we were losing this game. Um, but it was on a penalty kick, uh, a VAR-assisted penalty kick. Yes, so VAR. Again, VAR comes in. Uh, Alex Morgan came across the box. A ball was played in. Alex Morgan played it off of her shoulder, chest kind of area um and the netherlands player's boot was up there and just kind of came down on alex's arm i think it was a clear penalty uh, it was a clearly a dangerous play the defender did not get the ball and uh got the player and you just can't do that especially that um Openly, as you as it was, um, going for the ball the way that she did, um, so I think it was the right call. Rapino, who's taken the penalty kicks throughout this tournament, lines up and goes to the right this time and coolly drains the penalty kick. Yeah, um, left her then, in her
0: in her footsteps. Yeah, just frozen.
1: And then, oh, I guess I had a little bit of doubt of me in me in the sense like I don't like when a game is decided by a penalty kick. It just especially the way in which uh, the United States was the better team in this game. I didn't want to kind of be like, yeah, but they won just because of the penalty kick. Mm-hmm. Luckily we had that same. I
0: was at a, I was at a small watch party and we had that okay. same conversation. Uh, yeah. yeah if we, is it, if we win and win on this penalty kick, cause it's the same, it does it feel the same.
1: Yeah. And I don't, it still feels the same in the sense like you're, you're world cup champion, yes. right? but like just the, the way you're right. Like the way you feel about it, the way you remember it might be different. Um, but then our girl, Rose Lavelle, uh right. Badger alumni, uh, stepped up to the stage and uh, took a ball in midfield, carried it forward. Nobody came to stop her, and she just got to the top of the box, made a nice move on the defender, opened up the space, and just blasted it to the lower right corner. It was an amazing goal uh, and an amazing moment, and it was so fun uh, as, a, you know, as I was cheering for the U.S., but I was uh, also just really cheering for Rose throughout this tournament because of the uh, Wisconsin connection. Um, was just such an awesome moment to see her celebration and to just be like, now we're really winning this thing Uh, was amazing. Um, and I think uh, it kind of really put a, a cherry on top of the for the tournament. Um, Rose got her third goal, ended up winning the bronze ball, which I was a bit surprised. So the, the awards came out, Marlon, and we'll talk about the awards for, for a little bit. So everybody, I think, I shouldn't say everybody, most people know the golden boot uh, goes to the top goal scorer Apparently, there's also a, a silver and bronze boot. So, um, Rapino got the golden boot. She had six goals. So her, her Alex Morgan, and then uh, White from um, England all had six goals. And then I guess the tiebreaker is um, is assists. So Rapino had the most assists. Therefore, she got she got the golden boot. Uh, although it's tough because so three of her goals were penalty kicks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then you're like, well, Alex Morgan, five of her six goals were against Thailand in the third <laughs> game. And you kind of think White from England had a goal against the U.S. called back. Yeah. Uh, offsides. yeah, I'll remember that one well. Yes. Uh, VAR. VAR. To the rescue. Um, and then uh, she had one called back against Sweden.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Uh,
1: for a handball that I still... Don't think it was a handball, and that was an awesome goal. Uh, so she had two calls back. So, uh, but still, gold and silver to the USA. Great job uh, in a very obviously uh, sponsored by Adidas Golden Boot Trophy. Um, <laughs> they had the logo very prominently on the Golden Boot, and then the Golden Ball. So this is kind of like MVP, Most Outstanding Player. Uh, golden Ball went to Rapino as well. I think this was well deserved. Uh, she was the leader of this U.S. team, and I'll talk a little bit of, in a minute about kind of uh, how good this U.S. team was in, in general. Uh, but obviously, they won the tournament. They were the best team in the tournament. She was the best player on the best team. So if you go by that uh, standpoint, uh, I think it was well deserved. But in the games, uh, she didn't play in the England game, but the games that she did play in. Even at a wide position, she was able to control the pace of the game. She was often the one creating difficulty for the opposing team's defender and really was kind of the – the controlled the game more than any other player, I think, for the U.S. in this tournament, but also kind of had the star uh, power to her. She was, she was in the spotlight. She was the uh, outspoken player on the team, and she welcomed that and embraced that and was still able to perform at a very high level. And it was neat to kind of see her – step up to that um, to this stage because she's been on the team uh, for for a long time she's been a part of the US women's national team for, uh, for quite some time but if we go back three World Cups ago uh, she was a sub coming off the bench and she had all kind of the she had the future ahead of her then last time around four years ago she was injured and wasn't really able to play up to her potential and this was kind of the culmination of her at least international career um, to uh, play at this high of a level and to kind of lead this team. And it was really neat to kind of be able to watch that and, and experience that uh, as a fan of hers and, and this team. So Golden Boot Award there. And as, and as Rose got the, the bronze, I'm uh, uh, sorry, Golden Ball. And Rose got the bronze ball. Um, but it was unclear who the, the silver ball went to because they weren't at the game, so they didn't give it to him. <laughs> so I had joked that uh, VAR got <laughs> VAR the, the, or the silver ball. Yeah, nice. Um, they did not it was uh, bronze from um, from England which I was a bit surprised that it wasn't it wasn't white who as we mentioned earlier had uh, six goals as well uh, throughout the tournament but it was bronze uh, which I think is fair uh, that one of the English players would be rewarded for that uh, there's also a really awkward picture when they' were handing out awards so they gave the golden ball uh, and the bronze ball to the USA players and then the best goalie was the Netherlands goalie so they had to take they took a picture of the three of them. So it's uh, Rapino and Lavelle standing there with their uh, trophies just beaming, smiling, really excited. And then the Netherlands goalie who looked so sad next to them holding her trophy. Oh, it was such uh, an awkward picture. Um, Anyway, all right. Those were the World Cup awards. Um, And I guess if I can kind of put... Take a step back and look at the this US women's team and kind of put it into into context. I think into historical context, I think they have to go down as one of the, if not the best women's team of all time. Uh you look at kind of what was expected of them going into this tournament, uh the way they carried themselves as favorites. I mean they did not shrink from that. They embraced it and I some would say to obnoxious standpoint, uh, which we can get to it maybe in a minute if you still want to talk about it, Marlo. Yeah. But um, They embraced the challenge of being the favorites, and they really played as as a favorite throughout this tournament. They didn't trail throughout the tournament. Uh, The the only time they were tied, aside from 0-0, was in the Spain game, uh, which was the first knockout uh, knockout game for them. Uh, They seemed to be in control throughout the entire tournament. Uh, They defeated most of the best teams throughout the tournament. They defeated uh, France, England... Obviously, the Netherlands today, uh, Sweden in a group stage. The only kind of top women's team they didn't face was Germany. And just in a knockout tournament, you can't face all of the good teams. But they had to go through quite the gauntlet of a really, really strong field um, in this this Women's World Cup uh, to get there. And they did it, I don't want to say with ease because that's a little bit unfair, but they did it uh, with a certain level of confidence. Uh, and uh, that shown through in in the game, and it was just amazing to watch and experience the whole way through. So congratulations to the Un- United States women's national team, uh, and four time uh, World Cup winner. So great job, uh, great job by them, Marlo. Um, yeah. So
0: we're the best, we're the best at soccer.
1: Yes, uh, there we go. <laughs> um, so I guess the, yes, w- so, we mentioned uh, obnoxiousness, and I think we wanted to, we both wanted to kind of bring this up, uh, at least. If not to to call attention to how awesome it was, uh, in in uh, the uh, semifinal where the United States was playing England, Alex Morgan scored a beautiful goal uh, uh, in, in open play, a, a cross uh, into the box that she just ran onto, attacked, and just buried into the back of the net. And in her celebration, uh, stood up very dignified and uh, meme taking a mind, excuse me, not meme <laughs> taking. Uh, a nice little sip of tea with her her pinky raised. Yes. And uh, what? Let's say what you thought of the you celebration know, when I well first when that when, right? I, when I saw celebration
0: live, I thought that was I was like that's probably the coolest scoring celebration to date. That's every NFLer. That's every. It was just. Yeah. It was you know obviously the the moment. It was a mixture of the moment and you know who they were playing in England. Mm-hmm. The thought that went into it. Um, and just yeah. the, the simplicity of it as well, and I was like, "That is awesome." Um, so I thought it was probably I thought it was one of the coolest celebrations of sports, not just yeah. not just in soccer.
1: Yeah, no, it w- it was great, and um, I thought that it was so uh, apt against who they were playing. Yep. Uh, so uh, the reason I guess I, uh, I wanted to bring it up is that there was a lot of talk about how this celebration was somehow disrespectful, yes. or that. You know, there again, this is Americans uh, acting without class in this tournament, and uh, we talked about early in the tournament when they won thirteen to zero and were celebrating against uh, the Ty- their goals against the Thailand team, yeah. um, and if that was classless or not, and that was kind of painted in the picture of if men were doing this, would we be uh, complaining about it? And in that argument, I remember saying I thought that. We bring up kind of sportsmanship and blowouts a lot, and I don't think that was kind of a sexist issue yeah. as far as can kind of complaining or questioning if that was the way to handle it. In this case, I would take the other approach that I think if a if a man did this in in a game, it wouldn't be talked about in the way that it was like disrespecting the whole nation yeah, somehow. No way. Or uh, it was a disrespect to the game. Uh, it was clever. I don't understand how like her sipping tea and because she's playing England disrespects <laughs> anybody, let alone a whole country or the team she was playing against. It was clever because she played against it. If somebody did some sort of like bald eagle celebration sure. against the United yeah. States, well, are they, are they, or they like just started... I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I'm like personally attacked yeah. by this. I'd be like, I would kind of appreciate that they kind of had this clever moment or this clever celebration against the team that they're playing. Yeah. And I thought that this was an instance in which... Kinda, of you could take sexism in the way that we view women's soccer into question, um, because it was an awesome goal. And you, you just have to think of the way in which men often celebrate the goal. I was watching the Brazil um, Peru uh, final today. Brazil scored their third goal. The guy took off his shirt and ran around <laughs> waving. It <like> a flag.
0: <laughs> Not disrespectful. Not disrespectful. He gets at all. a yellow card, sure, yeah.
1: but like that's far more <laughs> disrespectful than a clever little celebration. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, right. Like if England would have scored
0: b- and started chomping on a fake, fake cheeseburger, are we going to get all, are we going to get all hoof in that? I, I mean, what if it, it's, just, it's just,
1: what if they scored and then like faked dump tea into like, the one? <laughs> like they acted like they were dumping tea into the one. That would That'd be, be great. That would be That'd be right. fantastic. Uh, like a reverse one. Although I don't know, they probably wouldn't do that. We, we, sh- we would be the ones that yes. Oh, whatever. Yeah. I guess what you're saying doesn't matter. Um, Anyway, uh, it was a great celebration. Uh, highlight of Alex Morgan's—I um, mean, her best goal, obviously, her only goal besides the 5-0 goal five-five uh, against Thailand. Excuse me. Um, and I think that's—I think that might be the one of the moments I, I remember the most is that that goal and that celebration. Uh, I think Rose's goal, uh, Rapino from the spot. Um, those are—I think—are uh, going to be are going to be my lasting memories of this of this World Cup. So it was a, a great celebration, and in my mind. Not, a, not at all, to call into question, uh, respect for uh, an opponent, let alone a country. Um, so that's uh, it for the Women's World Cup. I, God, I can't believe it's over already. I, mean, North I, has- I, I feel like we were just tuning up for in the group stages, <laughs> and now here we are, uh, and it's over. So, um, yeah, other than that, Marlo, in the soccer world, uh, we had the Copa America final I mentioned earlier. Uh, Brazil won that 3-1 to over Peru. Um, there's been... In the third place game, I guess we should I should mention of that, um, there was uh, Messi got a red card. Oh no, a your boy. Card. Um, yeah, there was an altercation where there was some uh, very soccer ish kind of <laughs> fighting. They were like bumping <laughs> <laughs> like It looks so awkward, but it, obviously in soccer, like if you headbutt your toss, yeah. you can't like push your toss. So he's. Going for a ball, the defender just kind of gets in his way, as a defender should, and he shields him. And Messi just kind of shoves him in the back. Fine. That guy turns around, and they're doing this chest bumping thing, which is, again, so awkward. Uh, and then they get separated, and they both get red cards. Straight, Straight red, red cards. cards. Didn't make any sense. So then after the game, uh Messi called into question the um, – credibility of the referees calling them corrupt. Uh, The federation has said nothing which looks so weird and then um, there was really weird officiating I I don't say weird in the sense like it was corrupt or anything but like I just thought the officiating was bad in the final today Um, between Brazil and Peru. Uh, Brazil uh, had the lead 2-1 and had a player sent off in the 70th minute for uh, maybe an elbow maybe not but that was the second yellow card Uh, awarded, or it was maybe a foul, maybe not, but it ended up being a a yellow card. Um, And then there was a penalty given to Brazil late, and it just seemed very inconsistent. So the referees down in the South America uh, Confederation are under a bit of of question. And then in the Gold Cup, so the the summer tournaments are wrapping up here, Gold Cup being the last, at least, that I've been following with the United States and Mexico, scoreless at halftime. Nil-nil. So U.S. having... A world of really good opportunities in the first half that they just weren't able to finish. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite them, and they can continue to play well and attack and uh, get a goal here in the second half. But uh, yeah, the the story of the day. I mean, even if the U.S. wins the gold cup, which would be an, it would be an achievement. Um, the story of the day is is the women uh, winning winning the uh, World Cup and what an accomplishment that was. That's it, that's,
0: that's, it. that's it for the Oh, game. that's it for the quarter uh, kick. any predictions for the second half of the gold cup? I,
1: I imagine that the uh US will find a way to lose in heartbreaking fashion. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Just, <laughs> well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start mentally mentally preparing myself for it now. All right. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, know if if you're listening
0: to this on Monday, yeah,
1: you'll you'll
0: know if, you'll know if yeah, if Casey's cheering or crying in his bed. Um yeah. awesome great fantastic that was a fantastic corner kick casey we We did it um yeah man that's it that that's gonna be it for me i got nothing else um as always get us on twitter at 132 breeze Uh, hit us on facebook get myself at marlo jr casey at prof badger fan that's right um that's it for me casey any last words
1: All right, well, as always, fellow fans, until next time, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.